This is a special edition of Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. Today I am out of studio, I am without Mark, and I am on my own. And so today will be a special monocast. Today's topic is understanding censorship and what it means for you, and understand it is coming. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. Today's podcast is podcast 047, podcast 47. Today we have a biblical conversation about it, the crazy world in which we live as it pertains to censorship. So join us over the next 20 minutes or so as we provide you a bird's eye view perspective of a complex issue confronting our culture, the church, and you as we apply God's word to make sense of it all. And at the end of the podcast, we will point you to additional resources just in case you want to dig a little bit deeper. So where shall we begin? Let's start with looking at some terms together. Censorship. According to the Oxford Dictionary, censorship is a suppression or prohibition of any parts of films, books, news, etc. that are considered obscene, politically unacceptable, or a threat to security. And according to the American Civil Liberties Union, censorship, the suppression of words, images, or ideas that are offensive, happens whenever some people succeed on imposing their personal, political, or moral values on others. Censorship, according to the ACLU, can be carried out by government as well as private pressure groups. Censorship by government, they say, is unconstitutional. And here's another term to consider, misinformation. What's that? Misinformation is false information that is spread regardless of the intent to mislead. That's according to dictionary.com. And what has all this got to do with you and me? Well, we hear a lot about facts, fake news, and misinformation these days. We hear a lot about public safety and the health crisis. And more and more institutions and private companies seem to be determining for us what we are or are not allowed to hear. Whether it's Facebook, Google, Twitter, or Google-owned YouTube, we are seeing people deplatformed, silenced, some would say censored, for reasons that are not abundantly clear to us. Recently, and incredibly, you even see legacy media, mainstream media, calling for the silencing of certain views. NBC journalist Lester Holt recently argued that fairness is overrated because not all opinions are created equal, and some opinions are believed, particularly those that are contrary to what he calls facts, do not warrant investigation, debate, or coverage. Now, if you think I'm exaggerating, Here is a clip of Lester Holt saying just that. The unprecedented attacks on the press in this period, I'm sure, will fill plenty of books and be studied in classrooms, maybe even here. But I have a few early observations I'll share about where this moment brings us and what we can learn. Number one is, I think it's become clear that fairness is overrated. Well, before you run off and tweet that headline, let me explain a bit. The idea that we should always give two sides equal weight and merit does not reflect the world we find ourselves in. That the sun sets in the West is a fact. Any contrary view does not deserve our time or attention. I know recent events assure that you won't have to look far to find more current and relevant examples. I think you get my point. Decisions to not give unsupported arguments equal time are not a dereliction of journalistic responsibility or some kind of agenda. In fact, it's just the opposite. Providing an open platform for misinformation, for anyone to come say whatever they want, especially when issues of public health and safety are at stake, can be quite dangerous. Now, 
Holt's comments, at least on the surface, seem quite reasonable, don't they? But as it says in Proverbs, the first one to make his case seems right until another comes along and examines him. It also says in Proverbs that there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it is the way of death. And with Lester Holt here, what he's done, he's created a straw man. Uh, No one would argue that people saying the law of gravity doesn't exist or the sun rising or setting isn't true. No one would take that seriously, but it's just not that cut and dry. And so I would ask Lester Holt, who determines what is true? Lester Holt? Mark Zuckerberg? How about Big Brother? Just who? And how do they determine what the truth is and what facts are, or what topics are worthy of debate and not worthy of debate? I remember in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic that the New York Times said that fear of a pandemic was unrealistic and overblown. Was that misinformation? Should they have been censored? The Washington Post wrote that stopping inbound flights from China was unnecessary, and some called it racist. Was that true? And then there's Anthony Fauci, who said masks were unnecessary. Then he said they were necessary. And his opinions and pronouncements change like the weather. I remember when people criticized then-President Donald Trump for his concerns, people who suggested that COVID-19 might have come from a lab in Wuhan were deplatformed, villainized, and criticized. That is until now. Until now, it seems to be that these things might have been true. So who determines which facts are facts? The government? Who determines which opinions are legitimate? Corporations? And how? Which brings us to the concepts of misinformation and censorship. As a Christian, do you remember the first discussions you ever heard of censorship and misinformation from the Bible? Well, in terms of the Old Testament, prophets like Jeremiah, Elijah, and Elisha were persecuted, and attempts were made to silence them for their misinformation. And then in Acts chapter 5, we find the apostles being silenced or at least being threatened or censored by the Sanhedrin and the Jewish leaders. Acts 5, 25 to 29 says this, And someone came and told them, that's the Jewish leadership, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid to be stoned by the people. And when they brought them, they set them down before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. The Jewish leaders here wanted to suppress what they considered misinformation. So after employing the Roman government to crucify Jesus, canceling him in the most violent way, they were trying to censor and silence the apostles, the disciples. We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. Well, was that disinformation? Think about it. And what was the misinformation they were peddling to the harm of the general public? The God of their fathers raised Jesus from the dead to show that he was the Messiah. Remember Caiaphas' words in John chapter 11, after Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, if things keep going this way, you know, the, the Sanhedrin said, we'll lose our place and we'll lose our country, our people, because they're afraid the Romans would react to this misinformation. 
So what's this got to do with censorship today? And isn't there such a thing as reasonably protecting the public? But again, the question is protecting the public from what? And speaking of misinformation, here's a prime example. I want you to listen closely to something that President Joe Biden says when he's asked about Facebook and censoring Facebook and all this COVID-19. I want you to listen to him overstate his case about thousands of people dying and about this all being about a pandemic that is spread by unvaccinated people. Listen to this. On COVID misinformation, on COVID misinformation, what's your message to platforms like Facebook? They're killing people. I mean, it really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And and they're they're killing people. Basically, what President Biden is saying is that he's asked about what's his message to uh, Facebook and public media platforms. And he says they're killing people. He says it twice. They're killing people. Talk about misinformation and hysteria. And then he says the only pandemic we have is among unvaccinated people. That's just not true. It's a lie. It's an exaggeration. And all the more reason for you to go back to, by the way, and listen to podcast number nine. Podcast number nine was one of our more popular podcasts about how we are being groomed to accept unreasonable restrictions on ourselves. The president and his administration want private companies to censor people with whom the administration disagrees, and they're using the excuse of public health. They want us, they want you to uncritically accept their censorship. They want us to be like good Soviets and just do what the government tells us. Now, don't understand me. Private companies, depending on what field or endeavor they're in, do have the right to regulate their customers. You see it in restaurants, no shoes, no shirt, no service. They may ask you to wear a mask, but they don't have the right to say no black people, no straight people, no cisgendered people, no gays. That's, a, that's an infringement upon your fundamental rights as a human being, as a citizen of the United States under the Constitution. And make no mistake here, there's a larger issue at play. The government is now pressuring private companies to discriminate against ideas, and they have been tracking this dissent, and they have been identifying people for the social media companies, companies like Facebook, to go after. Now, what dissent is this? I mean, basically, it's anything having to do with the COVID-19 thing. At least that's what it is for now. And at this point, it's good to remember and to reflect upon the federal government's admission that they are tracking misinformation by U.S. citizens about COVID-19. Now, that may sound good that they're doing it for the public welfare, but they don't have the right to track individuals. They don't have the right to that kind of surveillance. So you have to get a, a warrant for a phone tap. But what they're doing is monitoring their own citizens, not terrorists, but citizens. And they admitted in a recent press conference to contacting and pressuring social media companies to silence certain opinions in the name of public health. But I asked the question, based on what? Science? Who's science? The National Institutes of Health has, at times, contradicted the CDC. They both, at times, have contradicted the World Health Organization. Jen Psaki, the press secretary to Joe Biden, has contradicted the current CDC director at times. We already discussed how the New York Times and the Washington Post initially spread misinformation and censored others. The idea that First Amendment freedoms are subject to public health policy is, as already been shown by the U.S. Supreme Court, unconstitutional. 
We have the freedom of assembly. We have the freedom of worship. We have the freedom of speech. And does anyone think that the freedom of expression and speech is any less important than the freedom of assembly, the freedom of conscience, the freedom of worship? Particularly when it comes to the ever-shifting sands of scientific opinion and their trial and error. Let's take a step back, though, from the COVID-19 virus controversy and social media and freedom of expression for just a moment. Let's take the temperature down and let's go back over a year to the George Floyd-related riots and protests. During many of the riots over that year, uh, government agencies and officials argued that the rioters and the protesters were uh, legitimately allowed to violate all of the sheltering in place and social distancing protocols because racism was a public health crisis. Using similar arguments, activists, teachers, unions, educators, and corporate interests have tried to force critical theory, critical race theory, critical justice theory down the throats of our children and their employees in the name of a public health crisis. Some have suggested that cisgender or white people or men should shut up and listen. That's at least what Senator Maisie Hirano of Hawaii said earlier. They should self-censor or be censored. Why? It's a public health crisis. And now, people challenging much of the publicity and policy overreaches by government and corporate interests find themselves being tracked and referred to for private persecution by the federal government. Does this sound good to you? Unless you think that I'm exaggerating, I want to play a clip from a recent press conference where Jen Psaki, the press secretary for Joe Biden, outright admitted to this. We are in regular touch uh, with these social media platforms. We've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. Now, just stop and think for a moment. How are they tracking people? Do you want them tracking your Facebook posts? Posts that you like? Posts that you comment on? Posts that you share? And who is doing this tracking for the Surgeon General's office? Where are they getting the technology to do this? From the NSA? From the CIA? Perhaps from confidential informants inside these social media companies? And just how do they justify this? I want you to listen to this next exchange when a reporter asks this question. He, he challenges Jen Psaki, the press secretary, the president. Listen to her response and her, her justification for what she does. For how long has the administration been spying on people's Facebook profiles looking for vaccine misinformation? Well, that was quite a loaded and inaccurate question, um, which I would refute. Now? Well, Peter, first of all, as you know, we're in, we're in a regular touch with with a range of media outlets. At, as as let me finish. As we are as we are in regular touch with social media platforms. The big concern, though, I think for a lot of people on Facebook is that now this is Big Brother watching you. They're more concerned about that than people dying across the country because of a, a pandemic where misinformation is traveling on social media platforms. Now, did you get that? The reporter goes, well, people are concerned that Big Brother is spying on them. And she says, well, are they more concerned about that or that people are dying from disease because of misinformation? Now, does that sound good to you? Are you willing to forfeit your rights, your freedom to say what you think in order to, to uh, embrace some sort of sense of safety and security from a disease that has a 995 to 99.9 recovery rate for people under 70 
and a 95% plus recovery rate for people over 70? Are you willing to cede your rights to the government? Are you willing to give up your freedom of speech, association, thought, and expression? You know, your First Amendment rights for some ambiguous, amorphous form of public safety? Make no mistake, the ground has been laid on an eventual broad-scale, wide-scale censorship. And don't forget the, the repeated attempts at overreach this past year, where it took a great deal of grassroots resistance and lawsuits to enable a reinstatement, albeit a partial one, of our freedom of worship. When the government is telling private companies to do their bidding and silence dissenters and critics, you are looking at a, a censorship that will only get worse, and they're using the excuse of so-called public health. Understand that we are being groomed. No, we have been groomed, and we are continuing to be groomed. You know, just think about this. You could be labeled a racist for not being what the culture calls an anti-racist. You can lose your job. You can find yourself denied access to higher education because racism is a public health issue. Oppression is a public health crisis, according to those in government, education, and corporations in the private sector. And so, in the same way, we are like the uh, proverbial frog in the kettle who are gradually having the heat turned up on us and boiled alive. And I want you to think about this. As a Christian, as a Christ follower, your beliefs and opinions about morality, gender, sexual orientation, and even COVID and worship can be said to constitute a public health threat or a public health crisis. And we find our children in the public school system and the universities slowly being indoctrinated and steeped in this ideology. And one day, you could be told as a Christian, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name, yet you have filled this community with your teaching. And when that day comes, and that day is coming, what will your answer be? What will you do? And so the question arises, what can we do now? And I would say this, don't wait too long to respond. In fact, I'd say it's time to actively resist these blatant attempts at manipulation and censorship while we can. How do we do that? By every legal means possible. Use your imagination. Write letters to elected officials locally and nationally. Vote. I would not vote for any politician, any administration who's taking the steps that this one is. Also, exploit every opportunity you can in social media and maybe find alternative social media platforms like uh, MeWe or Rumble, which is a YouTube replacement, or Parler or something. And last but not least, pray. Ask God to confound the plans of wicked men and women at home and abroad who are seeking to manipulate us to uh, limit our freedoms. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like additional resources, please go to www.gracetoliveradio.org and hit the resource button. If you have questions, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at keith at hillside.org and I will try to get back to you as soon as I can. If you'd like to learn more about Hillside Church, visit www.hillside.org and you can worship with us in person at 8 o'clock, 930 and 11 a.m. every Sunday morning. In the meantime, whatever your podcast platform, give us a good rating, share us, please do, help us to grow this ministry. In the meantime, this is Keith Crosby. God bless you and God keep you.